0: Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it.
1: Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life.
0: Hello everybody, it's Brian Kemper with Stand True Pro-Life Outreach, the youth outreach of Priests for Life, and you are watching Pro-Life is the New Punk Rock. Um, I'm excited today to have uh, our guest Harold Tobias of the National Right to Life. Um, I will be going to the National Right to Life Convention in just a few weeks to be speaking there along with Father Frank uh, Pavone and many other great uh, pro-life voices. But I wanted to today talk about what it's going to look like doing pro-life work in a post row America. And we're going to be talking to lots of different organizations about the work that they're doing but obviously National Right to Life being one of the original and biggest uh, organizations I wanted to have Carol on so Carol Tobias welcome to pro life is the new punk rock and I'm sure this might be the the first punk rock related show you you've ever been on is that It
1: is I've done a lot of shows but not quite like this but I love it so thank you for <laughs> having me on
0: now, I would probably also be one of the you know I've been for years and years coming to to the to the convention. I, I'm probably the the first punk rock type, tattooed, pierced, mohawk wearing uh, speakers that we've had at National Right to Life. Is that would that be a correct ass- assessment?
1: That that would be accurate. But um, everybody loves you, so we want you to keep coming back.
0: And I love that there's such a diversity there. There's such a diversity of people from from every different faith, and even people that don't hold a faith tradition, but right. but understand the, the humanity of the child in the womb and how important it is to protect. And, and I think it's something that I've really enjoyed about the National Right to Life Committee is that uh, that variety of people.
1: We, we do. Um, we're open to anybody who wants to protect unborn children, who wants to help their moms. Uh, of course, we have the um, additional Assisted suicide, euthanasia aspect—you know—we mm-hmm. don't want people to die in that manner either. Um, but the convention's open to anyone who just wants to learn more about how to to save lives, and it, I think it's it's a great uh, gathering of people from all over the country.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So we have the the National Rights of Life Convention coming up in a few weeks. I'll be there. I'll be speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and Father Frank Pavone, my boss, will be there speaking. You'll be there. And there's always I, – I look forward to seeing, like, Ernie Olaf and all the different people that are – there's just so many people, Jackie Reagan and everybody, that you get to see. That's one thing about pro-life conventions or the March for Life. It's like I always hear people talk about, oh, it should be a somber thing. And, yes, it's it's very much a somber thing that we that we show up in D.C. for the March for Life, but it's also – a way to be sort of re, reinvigorated when you get to hang out with people that you know are like-minded and do this work, but you only get to see a couple times a year. So that's one of the things I definitely look forward to at the convention, but always hearing new speakers and and new things and new ideas and new ways. And I know like uh, you, National Rights of Life convention was one of the first places that really pushed social media in the pro-life movement, uh, bringing in like Steve Bertelt and different people uh, the talk about how we can use social media to reach out. And I think that you guys have always brought in people that a lot of people may not, you know, bring into their pro-life events. And that's something that I, I really do enjoy about the convention too.
1: Well, we've tried to bring a, a variety of speakers. Um, we obviously know how impactful social media is. So we needed our people to get on board as soon as possible doing that. We've had, you know, I think we were one of the first national Um, conventions that really focused on uh, abortion pill reversal and how it works and getting our people excited and energized. You know, make sure women know that if they take that first set of pills in the chemical abortion process and then change their minds, maybe they can still get their, you know, save their baby. And so we do try to bring in, of course, the, the new ideas and just make sure that people realize that there are a lot of different options out there.
0: So what is what do, you, what do you consider maybe to be the main theme of the convention this year? Or what are you looking forward to the most uh, when it comes to topics being discussed this year?
1: I don't know that there actually is a main theme this year. We've got a little bit of everything um, from the speakers to the topics. Uh, obviously, the um, number one item on everybody's list is going to be the Supreme Court. You know, yes. by that time we may know if Roe v. Wade is overturned um, or they might wait until the convention is over. Um but we're I'm I'm hoping that we can have a huge party celebrating that our hands have been untied and we can now start working in the states to protect those babies.
0: Well let's get let's jump right into that Carol because that's that's something that I really wanted to discuss today mm-hmm. is what a post-roe America looks like. What 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 does that look like? And And for me, you know, I've been involved in this fight for for about 35 years. You know, I started way back in the early days of Operation Rescue, and then I started Rock for Life Mm -hmm. and all the different ways that I've been involved uh, through sidewalk uh, activism and sidewalk counseling and prayer events and holding concerts Mm -hmm. and such. All of this geared towards bringing down Roe versus Wade. And, and the reversal of Roe and looking at that for so many years. And, and there's been times in the past where we thought we were going to be right there and, and, and it didn't happen. But I think, I think that most of us, even the other side would agree that that's, this is what's about to happen is that we are about to see, I, I actually use the word, the dismemberment of Roe versus Wade. Um, and I know that's a little rough, but that's, that's a reality of what happens. Because of Roe versus Wade, is that, that is. human beings are dismembered, and so I, I definitely want to see that happen. And you know, one of my, the most popular T-shirts I've ever designed was the one that says, "I survive Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade will not survive me." And we actually just had a meeting. Like, okay, now we're we're gonna have to redo that shirt, because it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your thoughts and. And what are the thoughts around around the office and 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 uh, through the different state affiliates? Um, and I think we could get into that too, because ever, obviously every state's gonna have a different approach, whether you're in California or Iowa, there's gonna be different laws that are that are in effect. So what are your initial thoughts about about a post row America?
1: Well, the one thing that I am surprised at, and I shouldn't be. But so many people still believe that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, that means abortion is going to be illegal throughout the country. Um, so we, which is not have, the case at all. That's not the case at all. Uh, so we we're going to have fifty state battles. Some of them are going to be fairly easy. In some states, they're going to protect laws or pass laws to protect unborn babies, and you know that'll be the end of it. Uh, We've seen, of course, the states going in the other direction where they are are removing all protections for unborn children up through birth, um, you know, so that they want to make sure that, you know, babies can still be killed within their borders. But I know pro-life people are not going to give up. They're still going to be working in those states to try to change that law to, you know, protect those babies. And then I think we're going to have a handful of states where it's going to go back and forth for a few years. We've got some states like um, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania. You've got a good legislature, but a pro-abortion governor. So even if they pass the laws, it's going to be vetoed. Um, now, so correct me yeah, if I'm right. wrong, but
0: Michigan, uh, uh, obviously, their governor right now who is a nightmare. Michigan had a trigger law. Is that is that correct? Michigan was one of those states that when Roe versus Wade was overturned, would be pretty safe for unborn babies, but Their governor is trying to undo all of that. Is that correct?
1: She's trying to um, pull that through the courts so that they don't have to enforce it. And the attorney general, who is also a pro-abortion Democrat, has already said she's not going to enforce it. Um, So there's there's going to be some ongoing battles in in Michigan and a couple of other states. Um, I fully expect in some states where we've got strong pro-life laws that the abortionists are going to come in and try to do some put something on the ballot to go directly, you know, bypass the legislature, go directly to the people, um, asking them to amend the constitution to allow abortion in their state. So there's there's going to be, in the legal and legislative battles, I think this could still go on for, for a few more years until things kind of get settled down.
0: Where do you see the the toughest battles? I mean, I'm thinking obviously New York, Connecticut, California, Washington, Oregon. Is, is that what you're seeing is going to be some of the toughest battles or do you think some of the more middle of the road states? Where do you think?
1: It's going to be both. I mean, right now, the pro-lifers in some of the states that you mentioned and including Vermont, they've got a ballot measure, um, a measure on the ballot in uh, this fall that would amend their constitution to allow abortion for any reason. It's currently state law, but the legislators decided they were going to put it into the constitution. So pro-lifers in those states realize that they've got a a heavy battle ahead of them to try to just convince the people and educate the people and persuade the people that unborn children need to be protected Um, but yeah we're going to have some states too where you know ballot measures will pop up even in in pro-life states and we're going to have to fight multi-million dollar campaigns filled with lies um you know the horror stories um so it's, it's not going to be easy, I don't think, anywhere in the country. There are just a handful of states that are going to pass the laws and nothing happens to challenge them.
0: We we recently, obviously, um, both of us and, and anyone watching, I'm sure, have seen devastation of um, what recently just happened in Texas um, in Ovalde. Sorry, I just I choke up thinking about it as a father of seven yeah. and three grandchildren and such, you know. And I, I look at what's going on, and and I see the world crying out for the safety of children, crying out to 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 change every possible law to make sure that children are safe, and even even using phrases and, and terminology that like well, maybe our, 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 our own personal rights shouldn't matter when the lives of children are at stake. And I, I can't help but think, are you not right. listening to yourselves? Right. Are you not listening to yourselves? The fact that you're talking about the safety of our children and that schools need to be so safe, how can, how can you, you say that in one sentence but then talk about the womb, which should be the safest place in the world for a growing child, and say that it's, that doesn't apply there. It, it, it makes no sense to me. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, I, I agree with you. It doesn't make sense. People were talking about, you know, these are little kids. These are babies. You know, they're seven and eight years old, um, but, you know, these are babies. We need to be protecting them. And yet they would turn around and fight any effort to protect any child up to the moment of birth. And it just, it doesn't make sense. Um, But maybe we can, I I don't want to use this because we've got a tragedy and people are grieving, but it would be a nice way of kind of waking up the country to saying, well, let's protect all children, you know, those from the moment of conception, you know, up to whatever age um it, but, yeah absolutely it doesn't make sense
0: and it's 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 amazing because i two weeks ago i was out at the supreme court i was there um the day after um the leak came out and i went there to to stand up and to be a voice you know i'm an activist and i i very i decided i was going to try to be as quiet as possible i wanted to just hold my sign I didn't want to get into yelling matches. I didn't. I didn't want to get into the, you know, the screaming matches that every camera wants to see, so they could show the angry pro-lifer, right. especially, you know, a fifty-four-year-old white Catholic man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but what 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 blew my mind is is I asked a couple of the the, the pro-choice people that were there. I'm like, hey, can, can we have a conversation? Can we just sit and talk? Mm -hmm. And a couple of them would would sit down and we would talk and we would we would go through different things. And no matter how I I tried to talk about the child, the the human being, the only argument that, that they wanted to talk about was something that didn't have to do with the humanity of the child. They wanted to bring up every possible just total extreme circumstances possible to argue for abortion. You know, and and I would say to them, okay, well, if that's if that's your argument, so if I if I gave you the rape and incest exception, I'll give let's say if I give you that, then are you going to stand with me? Well, no. And then they would. It seems to me that that trying to discuss abortion with a a, a pro-choice person, they never actually want to talk about abortion. They just want to bring up other things. And it's it's something that that boggled my mind. But I, I got I got punched in the face. I got I got hit in the face with an umbrella. I got punched in the chest. Now I've spent a lot of years at punk rock concerts in the in the mosh pit, so I can take a few punches here and there, you know. But it just yeah. the the absolute just the screaming, the the yelling, the violence on that side, which is all in order to support violence, because really that's what abortion is. It's an act of violence. And we live in this community, in this, in this, this country and in the world where we're talking about ending violence. We have to end violence. We have, you know, all of this stuff, except in one place, the mother's womb, the mother's womb. Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you see as, as where we're going forth? the best way that we can discuss this with people? Like, where do you see the best best uh, efforts in our arguments and, and what we're trying to, to show the world when it comes to giving the pro-life message?
1: I guess kind of two ways to look at it. The position that those people are espousing to you that um, you know they're not willing to accept anything less than abortion for all nine months of pregnancy Is supported by less than 20% of the people in the country. There are people who think abortion should be legal in some cases. Then they're not quite sure where that is. Is it rape and incest? Is it six weeks? Is it viability? You know, first three months. Life of the mother. There, yeah. I mean, but but people who think abortion should be legal might have a different opinion as to how late into the pregnancy or how early, you know, it should occur. The ones who are like now Democrats in Congress and the ones that are out there protesting and rallying um, against what the Supreme Court hopefully will do, have a very small minority in agreement with them. So on the one hand, I think we just need to crush that. No legislation, you know, that they're not going to accept any compromise. So ignore that and just go ahead and do what we need to do to save babies. But then we also do need to keep working with what I have always called that mushy middle. Mm -hmm. The ones that they recognize abortion is wrong and, you know, they don't like the way it's being practiced, but they don't want to just completely make it all illegal. So we need to keep educating them. And that's where I love the social media aspect, showing them the pictures of unborn babies. You know, you can see eyebrows and fingernails and smiles. You know, these are human beings. Um, there was a poll that came out just not too long ago where it found 73 percent of the people acknowledged that abortion is involved, involves two lives, the mothers and the babies. And we need to just keep pushing that.
0: Absolutely. it's. I think that it's it's almost impossible to really argue that it's not a human being. Anymore. Yep. It's. It, I mean, yes, there are people. I, one of my favorite places to do social media outreach with pro-life is TikTok, which uh, I don't know if you know is the fastest growing platform yep. out there. And there's a lot of great pro-life content actually on TikTok. A lot of young people who are really getting involved. That's, yep. that's another thing that I'm excited about is, is, you know, I've been working with the youth for so many years and there's always a youth aspect at the National Rights of Life Convention and such but the young people that are on TikTok. And there's there's still a few people that are, I think some of the, the my favorite ones, it's hard to call it my favorite pro-choice argument, but they're the most ludicrous ones. Is, uh mm. like, oh, the baby, uh, the, the, the fetus is just a parasite. Anybody, you, a quick little 10 second Google search to understand that a parasite is one species feeding off a different, species. And and the biology of, of human of development, we know nobody can, there's no one that can give any kind of credible argument to say that the embryo, the zygote, the fetus, whatever stage they're in is not of the species human being. It, it, it just, I, one of my favorite things that I've ever written or social media posts that kind of got quoted was, I said, abortion does not kill a potential human being, it kills a human being with great potential. Yep. And I, I I think about some of these arguments. It, it's just hilarious, to be honest, to hear, oh, it's just a clump of cells. I, I mean, in all reality, you and I are really a giant clump of cells. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, human embryology and I think, I, I think the technology that we have and uh, that we can show, we've all seen the 3D ultrasounds, 4D ultrasounds and stuff those arguments just don't work anymore. It, it really is about selfishness. It's about people wanting to have the ability to go out and do whatever they want and not have consequences for their actions.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, one thing I do wanna bring up since you were talking about what a post row landscape would look at or look like. Yes. We do have some states that are passing what I think is great legislation to oh, yeah. help a woman through a difficult time, um like Missouri has a Show Me Healthy Babies program. Uh, Arkansas and uh, Oklahoma do every Mom Matters Act. yeah, pulling together resources from both the private and public sector. If a woman is you know maybe she's single, maybe she's in you know difficult financial uh, straits, um, you know what sources are available so that she doesn't think abortion is her only option? Uh, Texas and South Carolina will provide a nurse to go into the home for the first couple years of the baby's life just to kind of do regular health checkups and make sure that everything is going okay. Those are the kinds of programs that I think are going to appeal to a lot of people. It's going to help moms and babies, and I would hope that the pro-life movement would start encouraging even more of that. We've got the amazing pregnancy resource centers to, to help. Um, but but there's more that we can do. And if we're not going to kill the babies, I hope we can then also, um, you know, help to figure out more ways that we can help a woman so that she does have um, optimism and, and hope and excitement as she brings that new life into the world.
0: Do you have some of these programs highlighted on your website?
1: Um I don't know that they are. I mean, the information is available. I'll see if we can put something out.
0: I think they'd be great to add to the website. Uh, definitely. Yes. Um, you know, I, I've I, I I agree with you. I think, and and it's ironic, I guess. Is I don't know if that's the right word. That the first thing that is attacked by the other side are the pregnancy resource help centers, mm-hmm. or, or like that's the they're being firebombed. Another one today was was attacked. It's like they're so upset about being pro life, and they always claim. Oh, pro-lifers only care about the baby in the womb. Then they don't care ever again. Once the baby's born, we don't care. Yet it's pro-lifers who have developed these centers all over the country and around the world that give the need that the, the needs to these women that, that they're going to need, whether it be uh, you know doctors' care or or diapers or formula or all the different things that that are going to help these women are done in these pregnancy resource centers. Yet the other side wants them shut down because they don't offer abortion.
1: A a baby who survives difficult circumstances is a failure to them. They want that baby dead. And there's no other kind way to say it. They want the baby dead. And if someone is going to help a woman through a tough time um, so that that baby can survive, they've become the enemy. And it just it's really sad.
0: Doesn't sound very pro-choice, doesn't it?
1: There is no choice. Death death and abortion is the only option that they will support and acknowledge.
0: Absolutely. One of the things um, I I have said for years that's very controversial and- um, You? Me? (laughs) Is that Christians cause abortion a lot of times. And I want to make sure I clarify that. Um, I'm going to be speaking, and and you invited me to to speak this year about this, and I think it's probably one of the most important subjects for pro-lifers, especially Christians, is what is our response to young girls who are pregnant out of wedlock? Because I think, unfortunately, so many times they're shamed and that they're afraid And I have stood in front of abortion mills where fathers, uh, pastors are taking girls to get abortions because they're afraid of losing their church or afraid of being found things that they've done or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, but more importantly is how are we responding to a young, let's say a 16, 17 year old girl that has to come out and say, I messed up and now I'm pregnant. I've, I've, all, I've said this so many times and we're actually looking at ways to make this on a t-shirt, but pregnancy is not a sin. Pregnancy right. is not a disease. Right. And this came to me to be so much more important when, and, and I have my daughter's permission to share this. I have a teenage daughter that had to come to me and I walked into a hallway and I saw my daughter on the floor crying curled up in a ball. And I'm like, "Baby, what's wrong? And she looked up and she says, daddy, I'm pregnant. And as a father, especially, you know, being a pro-life leader and such, I've had time to think about this and, and to be the first person that ever really taught me and, and really sat down with me to talk to me when I was first learning a lot of pro-life stuff was Judy Brown, because Judy Brown had gone through a similar situation. And she said, Brian, the very first words out of your mouth need to be, I love you. And that's what it was. I looked at my daughter and I just said, I love you. And I picked her up and she's like, but Danny, aren't you mad at me? I'm like, no, you just told me I'm a grandpa. Like, I'm a grandpa. Like that was the greatest thing ever. And I, I remember actually her, her boyfriend was outside because he was afraid to, to be in the house when I found out. <laughs> And uh, I walked outside and started walking toward him and I could see him tensing up, worried that I was about to throw a punch. But I gave him a big hug and he's like, um, what's going on? And I'm like, you're stuck with me now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's something that is so important. And that's one of the yeah. things I want to share that testimony, go a mm-hmm. lot more into it and stuff. But we need to make sure that every single time no matter what the circumstance is, that a young lady finds herself pregnant, that our response is one of love and never shame, never shame. Pregnancy itself, like I said, it's not a, it's not a sin. And I think sometimes it's treated that way by, by people and it needs to stop. What are, what are your thoughts on that, Carol?
1: I absolutely agree with you. Uh, I think some people are just afraid that if it's their daughter or someone they know, whether it's in church, a neighbor, um, is single and pregnant, that somehow recognizing that and accepting that means that you condone, you know, past circumstances. This is a completely different case. You know, Absolutely. we've got a we've got a new life. We've got a young girl who needs love and support. Um, I love your response to your daughter, and I would strongly encourage anybody listening to seriously think about giving that same response if they're in that same situation, but also for the young girls, if they're in that spot, you know, maybe their parents are not going to respond the way you did. Um, But you've got a new life inside of you. Find the strength and the courage to protect your baby, to fight back and reach out to the pro-life movement. Look up pregnancy centers, Uh, look up a local right to life group, Um, you know, find find help there may be some tough moments with family members but you'll get through it and and you will not regret making a decision that ended your child's life
0: you know it's 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 amazing to me especially with when it comes to people of faith because we always say that god is the creator of every single life yet when it comes to a teenager or our, a, a situation like that, sometimes we don't react like God created that life. And we're more worried about the act that happened a few months ago right. than the fact that there's a beautiful growing human being that's ready to be loved by all of us. And it's something I think we need to rethink very much how that how that response comes about. And, I, and I, that baby
1: I, isn't a surprise to God.
0: No, not at all, <laughs> not at all. You know, we have only a minute or so left, Carol. Um, I hope everybody watching will uh, take a look, especially if you're in Georgia, if you're near Atlanta, to look at maybe coming to the National Right to Life Convention. But uh, uh, I'm sure that a lot of the stuff from the convention, the, the, some of the talks and stuff will be online on the website. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So uh, can... Online
1: or available? Yes.
0: Yeah. So you, if you, you want to hear my talk, maybe be be on there. I know you guys watch me on this show, so you might be tired of me by now, but. Uh, there's going to be so many great speakers there. I'm so excited to to hang out and to see us celebrating the the beginning of the end of, the, of this abortion holocaust that is plaguing our world. So, Carol, uh, we're out of time. I would love if you would say a quick closing prayer and love to have you back on again uh, in the future. But we'll go ahead and close today's show in prayer.
1: Okay. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time to visit. We hope that our words have been encouraging and motivating Uh, we just thank you for all of your many gifts your precious gift of life help us to recognize that gift um, in so many ways and just just be with us lord give us the strength to face the oncoming years so that we can defend your life your baby's lives
0: in jesus name amen. amen Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, once again, I want to plug my new book, Pro-Life is the New Punk Rock. Now, Carol, uh, because of the, the the convention and everything being uh, closed at the March for Life last year with everything going on, the National Right to Life convention is the first big event where I'll have my book at. So I'm really excited for that. So anybody coming to the convention, hopefully you can come by and grab a book. But uh, if not, please check out the website, uh, NRLC, their website, and watch the talks and things that are going on there. We're excited to, to be there. Father Frank and I will be there. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for watching. Pro-Life is the New Punk Rock. We've got Carol Tobias from National Right to Life. We'll have her back. And God bless you guys. See you next time.